Hey there, we're about to start our free training, the 3 p.m. teacher that only happens once a year. Teachers are learning how to consistently leave school prepared and on time without bringing work home so that they can finally be present during precious family time at night and on the weekends. When you attend this free training, you get an hour PD certificate and other bonuses when you show up live. You will learn how to lesson plan faster, how to spend less time on grading, your actual teacher type, and how it's preventing you from really leaving school on time. I can't wait for you to join us so that you can finally have the best school year ever. Hey, I'm Kristen Donegan, and you're listening to Real Teacher Talk. I often say what's on a teacher's mind, and my mission is this. Help busy teachers leave school at three so they can finally enjoy their life outside of the classroom. Why? Because I know how tiring it is to have a never-ending checklist as a teacher and miss out on being fully present at home. On Real Teacher Talk, discover how to work smarter, not harder, enjoy teaching again, and still have plenty of time to shut off your brain outside of the classroom to do the things you love. Sound impossible? I promise it isn't. You guys, I am so happy that you're joining us today. We've got Melissa, an amazing teacher and now mama to two, who's going to be sharing kind of what teaching has been like for her the last few years, because like many of you, it has not been what you all dreamed of. So Melissa, welcome. Hi, it's good to be here. So good to see you again. So will you let everyone know kind of your name, your grade, and then how long you've been teaching? Well, my name is Melissa. I'm a first grade teacher going into year 10 of teaching. I've taught first grade for nine of those years. I was in pre-K my first year. I live in Georgia teaching up a storm. So I'm sure so many teachers out there can relate to your story, but can you share a little bit what teaching has been like for you the past couple years? It's been up and down. I feel like overall, it's definitely been a challenge. When the pandemic hit, we were all scrambling, trying to figure out how to do things remote from a lockdown situation. And then the school year following that, 2020 and 2021, was a lot of modified learning. So we had remote learning happening at the same time as we had in person and a lot of phase-ins and different versions of our schedule. I think we had three or four different phases of learning to adjust to by the time the school year was out. And then, of course, there is this year, which I think a lot of us hoped was going to be something refreshing and, and different. But unfortunately, in some ways, it seemed a little bit harder just because even though we were teaching in person this year in Georgia, there were a lot more things where you had to deal with what happens if a student quarantines or what happens if you have to quarantine and are you wearing masks? Are you not wearing masks? What's expected as far as just all of the different regulations? It seemed that every week and a half I was finding out something new or there was a protocol or something that I didn't know yet. So it's been challenging. I think that I'm super thankful for the people that I teach with because otherwise I don't know if I would still be doing what I'm doing, but I'm thankful for people to kind of hang in with and push ourselves through the hard. 
Oh, having a good team makes all the difference. 100%. And even if it's not your team, just having, I feel like someone there who you can go to during those moments. Yes. I was very lucky that for the past couple of years, it was my team, but definitely agree. It's so important to have somebody there. (laughs) So what are you thinking next school year? What's like, if you had to use one word to like say what you want it to look like, what would that be? I think I would say hopeful. I think that's probably the best word just in, you know, we've come through so many things and there's a lot of things that we can overcome, but I'm also seeing some good strides that my school and my county and even my state are making and looking. I think people are starting to acknowledge like the fact that teachers have always been asked of with a lot of things, but now they're seeing people leave, quite frankly, in droves. And I'm hopeful to see if there's some measures that are going to be put in place that are going to be meaningful and just honor teachers for who they are and what they're doing. And then just also with that comes, I'm hoping that I can have some of the things that were normal for my classroom a couple years ago, be able to be into play. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I hope that for you too. So Melissa's here because she went through our program a couple years ago, right? We have a program, Easy Organization Tools, where we show teachers how to leave at contract time more consistently, you know, so that they're prepared so that you can finally be present in your life outside of the classroom. So before you joined the program, Melissa, what was life like? I joined in 2020, interestingly enough, before the world shut down. I think it was January. And at that point, I think I joined out of complete desperation. (laughs) I had a situation where I had several tiered students in my class, some of them receiving interventions for multiple subjects. I think I had nine RTI plans going at once. Um, My classroom was huge for first grade and it just, the papers were piling up. (laughs) I felt like I was always behind on everything. And at the time I just had my daughter And she was at a daycare and I just noticed that because of me having to drop her off in the morning, she would be there at about 6.30 or 7 in the morning and then I would be picking her up close to 5. So she was there for the majority of the time that the program was open. And then of course, you're coming home and trying to have that family time with your spouse and your kids. And I was tired. And I just felt like I was at the point where I wasn't giving my best to anything. So that was just very, you felt very defeated. I totally get that. What kind of things would you say to yourself, you know, as you're driving to pick her up or getting home for the day? I think I just kept feeling guilty and ashamed that I wasn't being a present mom, especially when they're that young. And um, my daughter was one and a half at the time. And there's all these milestones that are happening. And I felt like, gosh, I just want this time back. I just want the time. Why does it seem like there's never enough time? So what made you then going through all that finally decide to join Easy Organization Tools? I think it was the 3 p.m. teacher series that you do kind of promoting all of that beforehand. There's some free materials and videos that you give. And I think It might have been one of the times where you just said the to-do list is always going to be there. It was 
you know, something that's so simple and something that we know, but hearing it, realizing, first of all, I am not the only person who has an infinite to-do list, but this is something that happens with teachers. And if we don't allow that to have a pause button, we will never live, really. That sounds dramatic, but... No, but it's true because so many teachers give so much to their students and to their classrooms that like by the time you get home to like the people who really, really matter, you're too exhausted to give them anything. And that's not why we have kids, right? Or, or why we got married to just not really be enjoying it. Right. You know, a lot of times we are in our waking hours doing our work more than we are our personal lives. And I think in a lot of ways, it felt like work had way superseded my personal life. That was a big aha to me of just this simple, like, hang on a second, taking that to-do list and not making it this holy grail. I'm a completionist and like to have all my boxes checked and finish my to-do lists. And the reality of teaching is that it just doesn't work that way. There's always something new. So that really... There were a couple other little things that you said in those videos that made me realize this is something that if I've been on the fence before of doing, I need to do for my well-being. Um, And that's what brought me here. Oh, I'm really glad that you did join us and you worked through the program. What was it like going through it? Like if someone was telling you right now, I want to do this too. I want to do what Melissa's doing, but I don't have the time. What would you say? Well, what I loved about it is the fact that it is an online course format that allows you to pick up and put down when you need to. And that was huge for me, especially wanting to be present, you know, not wanting it to be another thing on my list. Honestly, it worked out. I had some time where my husband had weekly game nights where he would go play at a friend's house and I would put my daughter down and put in my earbuds and listen to a module or a portion of one at a time and then start gradually adding things in. I think, and this might pertain to something that we'll be talking about in a little bit, but one of the healthiest things that I learned through the process was taking small steps rather than trying to fix it all at once. It's just not sustainable to try and do it all at once, which is something I think that as teachers, we get into all the time. But, you know, it's something that even my husband, he's talked about that. I'm the person that will stay up a couple hours and just plow through cleaning all these detail things of my kitchen, whereas I could just, as I see things, address a little here, address a little there. And that's, I think, kind of how this program works. And that's how I was able to do it in the middle of a season where I felt like I did not have any time to spare. I love that. I love too that the videos, you can listen to them on the way to school, like at recess, because it's through, you know, a platform where you don't have to see my face. It's just listening to it and thinking about how you can apply it uh, to your classroom. So what kind of results did you experience as you started implementing some of the strategies you learned? There were a couple really big things. The hugest, which was my goal from the beginning, was leaving earlier. I know one of the goals that you always said was to be out of there by 3 p.m. And that did not always happen. But I did see my amount of time after hours 
shrinking down considerably and being, and a big part of it was learning the way to be intentional with the time that I had. So that was, that was a huge change of prioritizing things that needed to get done and doing those things, being satisfied with calling it a very good day's work and going home. And then also just the fact that I had so many RTI things going on. I just had a lot of different And honestly, it's continued in the past couple of years where I have a lot of very unique situations where kids just need a lot of paperwork that travel with them and a lot of meetings that come with them to best support them, which is fine if you can stay on top of it and manage it in a way that serves them, obviously, and serves your own peace of mind. So just being able to sort through a lot of the paper, getting some systems down to where I wasn't fishing through to find things. Those were really big pieces. And then I think as I got more comfortable with those, you know, because I was saying I took things kind of a step at a time, obviously I didn't get to play it through the end of that year. I was doing it because my kids went home and got locked down. But before that all happened in March, so over the course of those couple of months, Another thing that I started doing was really allowing my students to be part of the solution, whether that was them distributing materials or just the way that they were responsible for their papers with things like having the clipboards on our desk. There was all these just little tiny strategies or ways we got out of the door, (laughs) the ways we got the room clean and got out of the door um, in a quick and manageable way. There was all these little strategies that as I was learning, I was showing them to them and they were getting excited about it, realizing that they could help our classroom and classroom culture too. So that was one of the things that I guess developed further on. But yeah, all of it, ended up, I I could probably keep talking about lots of specific examples, but I would say time, paper flood, and then um, student empowerment to be part of the solution were the big ones. And how did that feel as a teacher and as a mom and as a wife and a friend? Gosh, when you know that you can leave feeling that you've done your best, it gives that energy for the remainder of the day. That versus like, if you walk out, I feel like, especially in this season, teachers can relate of when you walk out of the classroom feeling defeated, what that does for the remainder of your hours awake versus when you walk out feeling like you did your best or that your kids, you had that aha moment or, you know, different things like that. So I felt like I was walking out feeling a lot better about what was going on in my classroom, which gave me, you know, mom life is what it is. You're going to be tired all the time teaching, even if you don't have kids teaching is, you know, similar to that. It's just the way that energy (laughs) is used. But despite being tired, I felt like my mindset, it just made things so much more positive for all of the avenues I was working in, whether it was at home or school or somewhere else. I love that. You mentioned daycare, that your little one was like the first one to be dropped off and the last one to be picked up. Did that change at all? It did. So I was, you know, obviously I couldn't change my start time, (laughs) but it definitely sometimes shaved off an hour or two in the afternoon of how late she was staying. And that adds up. That's like a lot of time to play at home, to just like snuggle, hang out, just be with your kids. Because I get that. I love picking up Liv from school and she's like so pumped to see me. And if I pick her up later because I've got things going on, she's like, are you coming to get me? Did you forget about me? I'm like, no, it's just 
trying to balance it all. Yeah. And they have stamina too. So, you know, I could tell that when I would pick her up later, usually would have more behavior issues at home because she's grumpy and she's been on, you know, all day. So it gave her more of a chance to unwind as well. I love that. So last thing I'm wondering, if you could go back and give yourself advice before you joined, what advice would that be? I think the biggest thing would be saying that it's okay that not everything's going to get done because it never will. You know, just kind of that aha moment I had at the beginning of start with what's important, set a s- intentional time aside to get those things done and be okay with where you are. Just the fact that we have the whole year, what we expect of our students, right, is when you first introduce a standard in August or September, that's going to, especially with my grades, with younger grades, when you're teaching reading and you're establishing these understandings of all of these basics, you're going to hit the standard in every semester, in every quarter that you do. So we're not expecting mastery at the beginning, but we were so good at allowing kids to live in this growth mindset that, you know, it's all part of a process. It's all this journey. There's things that we start now that will be finished later. But then with ourselves, I don't know about you, but I've noticed that I am a lot more fixed than with my kids. And I think that with scheduling, I, it's the same thing. It's a rolling calendar. It's a rolling list of to-dos. There's going to be something that you have to do and it's going to start honestly, before the year starts, and it's going to go all the way till those kids leave your classroom. And picking those things that are the most important, everything else will fall into place. You give yourself that grace. That is great advice. And it is true when you prioritize because things will be okay. Like if you don't do that fancy lesson or the room transformation or whatever it may be, it's gonna be okay. (laughs) Um, Last thing, I know I said that was the last thing, but this really is... (laughs) the last thing. What would you say to teachers right now who are just feeling so defeated and burnt out and questioning if this is the right career path for them? I would say to go back to your why of why you started teaching in the first place, really like spend time in that space. And I think it is a mental thing of just getting in a spot where you're really looking at why am I doing this and allowing yourself to remember some of the joys that have come because it's really easy. There's certain days where even if some good things happened, I get it. Like there have been days where stuff has felt like it's suffocated it. But start with that why and focus on that. And then also, especially as, you know, whether teachers are still wrapping up their year or they're like me and they're already off, like go ahead and start thinking about how you can create some healthy boundaries for yourself to kind of just protect your joy. I think that I have definitely fallen into in the ups and downs of the past few years of having days where I feel great and days where I feel like I'm done. This is it. I'm going somewhere else. But most of the time it's because I've fallen into something where I'm not taking care of my boundaries. And, and so maybe that means joining something like easy organization tools where you can have those boundaries of figuring out when to shut off, when to kind of put pause on the to-do list, but really sticking firm with boundaries from the beginning of how long you're going to stay or how many things you're going to say yes to that are not part of what you actually have to get done to get paid and just allowing personal life to have value. I think one of the things that 
we talked about because I'm also in leadership. So this process has changed a lot too as the years, these past couple of years, like how I've used these tools has looked different because there's been different things asked of us each year. But one of the things that I was talking about with our leadership team a few weeks ago was that self-care, just saying it, oh yeah, I have self-care. Oh yeah, do that. And not having that something that's like already intentionally built in from the school even, but also, you know, like we're like, oh yeah. And if you have time, go do some self-care. You know, it's so important for our school to value the care that we take of ourselves. And I think that one of the best ways, even if your school is maybe not necessarily great at that at this point of like having those boundaries from the beginning so that you can take care of yourself because it's not worth you losing yourself. No, and if you don't take care of yourself, no one's going to your school. <laughs> your school sounds great, but I know a lot of schools, that's not their number one priority. Well, and it has, you know, to be perfectly honest, we've had a painful year because there's been from higher up things and then from things that happen in our schools. And I think we're seeing it as a nation, like there's just been some ugly things that have happened because I think people have been living in survival mode for two plus years. Yeah. And there's a point where you're just, it's not sustainable. Like you've got to make a decision. And I know you probably don't even know anything about this, but when you were talking about getting back to your why and bringing joy back and having boundaries, we actually wrote a tired teacher's guide to like actually enjoying your summer. And that's literally what we talk about. So we'll leave a link for you guys in the show notes if you want that, but it really is being intentional with scheduling, like literally scheduling joy into your summer and into your calendar and getting the hang of doing that. So that when school starts again, it's already like you're already in that routine. And then going back to like reflecting on the year. I know there's a lot of things in education we can't change, but there are things you can take your power back as far as, you know, boundaries and getting back to what's really important to you and then setting those boundaries and protecting them during the year so that you don't burn out. So that's there. We'll leave that for you all. Um, I can't remember the link offhand, but that will be in there that you guys can download. So Melissa, that was a perfect segue. <laughs> but thank you really for being here and sharing your story. I know you've shared it before, but I know a lot of teachers and especially teacher moms can relate, especially those who are just really trying to struggling to do it all because you can't. I don't think momming was set up to be completely sustainable, teaching, doing both of it. So it's just trying to make the most of it and be present because life is too short. And I keep saying this with what happened with Kai, tomorrow is not promised. And I just want to make the most as cliche as it is, but out of every day, like life's too short just to sleep and work and not be happy. So it's possible to have all of that. So thank you for sharing your story and snuggle those little babies. I hope you enjoy the rest of the day. And um, again, thanks for coming on. If you guys want to catch up with Melissa or check out this podcast again, just check the links below so you can share those out with some of your friends. And like always, you are busy. You're doing a lot. Make sure you take some time for yourself today, whether it be fresh air, a deep breath, putting on some Bravo, whatever that is, because you deserve it. You work hard. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Real Teacher Talk. I know how difficult it can be to balance teaching and home life, so if you are looking for additional support, I encourage you to head on over to easyteachingtools.com and get on our email list. You will receive our latest organization tips, 
classroom management strategies, engaging lessons, and even some freebies. Sign up at easyteachingtools.com forward slash 3pm podcast. Thanks so much for listening.